Uh, this morning, I hope to be able to kind of capture and keep your focus. I know what I'm working against here and keep your keen attention. But uh, even when you're physically, emotionally and spiritually spent, just I just have a word of advice for you. God can still use some pretty basic truths to help you feel refreshed and re-energized. Yep. And it'll help you to live your life as a life of service for him and just keep on keeping on. Truly bringing you a very big blessing and every time you decide it must be time to quit just by the way I feel and you decide you're going to take one more step and you're going to do one more thing and you're going to live one more day for the Lord and for his glory. Um, you're just going to come out saying he is awesome. He is awesome. And he's here. Whatever your need is today, I don't know and I don't pretend to know. But whatever your need is today, I do know that he's here to meet that need. He'll meet you at your point of need. And so don't go away from this place without that need met. We want you to engage. The vision of the church is to love people to Jesus Christ. I just want to say that up front. We don't want to get all caught up in activity and forget what the vision of the church is. And to love God and to love people and to be part of the we're going to call it this morning, the enfolding of humanity into the love of God through Christ. So let's consider for a while our mission in this community. Uh, we're approaching our 22nd anniversary together as a body of believers in just a couple of short weeks. Just a few years ago, I think about 15, as I went back and, and checked, it was discovered that there are at least 10,000 more galaxies than we thought there were ever before. Scientists were astounded, and yet pleasantly so. Now that's like 10,000 more worlds. Think of it. That's a lot of matter out there in space somewhere. That's a lot of creative power out there somewhere. Now, I don't know about you, but I find it completely impossible even to relate to that concept. To even think that there's anything beyond what we call our world. The globe, the earth. And our world seems quite large enough as it is. Pretty huge. Thank you. Matter of fact, almost too much for me to get my brain around. You talk about something on the other side of the world or in another country far away, and you have to stretch to think about just how far away that is and just where is that on the globe compared to where you are. But is there some way that this abstract, otherworldly information relates to you and to me? Is there some way that we can kind of kind of pin our minds to some of this? I believe there is, and that's why I said I'm hoping to be able to get you to focus and I have your attention. I want to share with you today what I think and how I think uh, this all relates to you and to me. It relates, believe it or not, to our mission in our community. Now that starts to get exciting for me when I think of it. For we are, simply put, 
on a mission. We're on a mission. And the first thing I want us to look at, as I've just introduced, is the big picture. The biggest picture of all, actually, and the reason that we're here, and the biggest picture of all is that God created the universe so that he would have a people with whom to dwell. You know, we could sit here a while and say no more and just meditate on that thought. And it would strengthen us. It would embolden us. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit existed in perfect and complete unity and in love before time or matter were ever created. God, whose very identity is relationship. You say, why at Faith Community we talk so much about relationship? Because God's identity or the definition of God in one simple sentence is God is relationship. And God created us to have that relationship with him. And so we, as we look at this and as we think of our community and then the world beyond, there's some exciting concepts here. God wanted to share the love and the completeness and the joy that he had in himself in the Holy Trinity. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 8, it says that God is love. In order to share the love, he needed to create beings that were in some way like him with a personality, hear me, and a will to choose to love and be loved. The Bible also says in the, uh, in the epistle to John, of John, it also says that we love him because he first loved us. See, we, can't, we could never love God until he gave us the capacity to love him. And so his identity is bound up in relationships. So all matter, including every star and all those freshly discovered galaxies out there and all that 10,000 extra worlds, wherever they might be, were created so that God would have a people, so that God would have fellowship. And the sheer number of galaxies and planets tells us at the very least that our God is extravagantly and limitlessly creative. And we can delve into that more at another time, and I hope we can. But just for the time being, keep your mind on that. God chose to have a people who would start out their existence on this planet, the planet we call home, our earthly home. Now, if that's the big picture, then allow me to ask, what is then our big purpose? Well, to put it in a nutshell, our mission as a church and the mission of the church, what we call universal, and that's all believers in Jesus Christ around the world, is to be part of the enfolding or embracing of humanity into the love of God in Christ. And, I'm not going to stop there, I know that's all that's on the note, but and to live that life right here, right now, with all that we have and all that we are. And that kind of puts me into the, into the gears here of this message. There are two parts to this, and very simple to follow. The first part is the commandment. And we find the commandment in, 
In Mar uh, Matthew chapter 22, verse 37 down to verse 40. So if you have your Bible app ready to go or your Bible open, that's where we'll be. And it starts off by saying, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Jesus said this, live lives of love right here, right now. That's exactly what that is saying. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, with all your mind. By the way, there's nothing else left. That's, the all, that's all you. That's the entirety of the person. This is the first greatest commandment. And the second is like it, he said. Love your neighbor. This is where it gets hard. As yourself. Didn't just say love your neighbor. It says love your neighbor like you love yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. We often just kind of forget that that last sentence is thrown in there, but it's not thrown in. It has a very, very, very important meaning, which I'll refer to in a moment. Jesus said that this principle of love, this is the principle of love, the number one principle that God ever, uh, Jesus ever taught. And it's not only the principle of love. Hear me, folks. It's the practice of loving that he matters, Jesus said, more than all the commandments and all the guidelines and all the high and the noble themes and, and everything else found in the Old Testament hangs on or is related to but lesser than the first principle. And the first principle taught by Jesus is the principle of love and loving. By the way, I'm curious... Have you said to anyone yet today, I love you? Well, well, thank you. Love you too, whoever said it. No, don't look at me. Have you said to anybody today, I, not yesterday, today, I love you? I'm not asking you to answer me. I'm just asking you to do it. Because I know some of you haven't. It can be your spouse. I don't care. If you want to be mushy, go ahead. Just three words. I could have put it on the screen, but I thought you could remember them. I love you. We're working on it, are we back there? Just yeah. I love you. Those are the three words. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody hasn't said it yet to someone? Is there anybody here who hasn't had it said to them today? Because that'd be terrible. That'd be disgraceful. Oh, look around, look around, see who, ha you can tell the ones that haven't been told that, that, that they're loved, you can tell. You can tell by their face, you can tell by their body posture, you can tell by their fidgeting, you can tell they're uncomfortable, they don't like this kind of touchy-feely sermons. <coughs> I love you, just say it. Okay, some of you need practice. <laughs> just wondering about that. I was just curious. 
Now we go back to the Old Testament. The Law of Moses, or otherwise called the Torah, has really been extremely important. By the way, still is. Still is. Hasn't been abolished. And it's been very, very important. Still is for many, many people as the groundwork of living life. And that's fine. Because in the Torah, the Ten Commandments are included, which are really the foundational basis and really upon which our Western culture was built and established. It contains a revelation of how we were created, how we rebelled, and in the story that started with Abraham, how we were to be reclaimed and redeemed by God in Christ Jesus. But still there's something more important than all that. And it's just one little four-letter word. Love. This is not, to, and by the way, at any time in my message, when the Holy Spirit starts convicting you, you can turn to that other person and say, I love you. Couldn't do it before because Bob was watching, but I, I love you. I thought the place would be just buzzing. I really did. I'm not disappointed, but I'm surprised because we are a church that doesn't mind expressing love. Sometimes. Um, not today. Now, this isn't to say we don't need the Bible when we say, okay, there's one operating principle that is primary. It's the most important. And so we say, okay, we can throw the rest of the Bible away. We don't need the Old Testament. We don't need some of the other things we're taught. Of course we need all of that. But God transforms us, friends, through his word, and we're told to read and reflect on and meditate on and keep God's word very near to our hearts. Even the psalmist told us that. Loving God and loving people is what happens when we apply and we live out the word of God. Faith and hope, extremely important things. But in the end, love is what will remain eternally. Even Paul spoke to this. And he said, you have all of this, faith, hope, and love. But the reason he chose love as the most important is that's all that's going to last eternally. Hmm. Again, we need to keep the big picture, the end goal in mind. What is it? Enfolding or encapturing, or I like the word embracing people in God's love. And when we do that, Church, when we do that, we understand why Jesus said that loving God and loving others is so hugely important. Incredibly important. Jesus said that loving God and loving people was more important, we just read it a little bit ago, than the prophets. Hey, wait. The prophets were the revealers, were they not, of God's will, God's mind, God's heart for his people. Hmm. They wrote of profound mysteries. They had deep insight into the character of God. And they also had very deep insight into the character of mankind. They predicted what? The coming of Christ. Yeah. They suffered for the truth while they spoke. Most of them were, were, were killed by people uh, their message was designed for. You know that old saying, don't, don't shoot the messenger. Well, they didn't shoot the messenger, but they made sure they got rid of the messengers. And yet there's something more important than all of that. And that everything prophesied but the, by the prophets of old 
one word that is a world of understanding, a font of joy, the binding first principle of life. And as you said just a moment ago, that one word is love. Love. So friends, it's clear our mission in this community is rooted and grounded in love, and it has to be. We have to have a love for the community. We have to have a love for what God has called us to do. We have to have a love for the people who are in this community, good, bad, and ugly, because we all fall in one of those three categories. Wow. Oh, wow. I hit the nail on the head there. Um, hi, Rick. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. Humans will always have mixed motives. And we, unfortunately, can't get away from that because of our own sinful nature. But perhaps because of that fact, we must always determine to do what we do out of love. Let me remind you, love is a verb. It is an action word. It is not sentiment. It is not warm, gushy feelings. Love is a decision. It is a policy that we live by and that directs our actions and our reactions. There are feelings associated with love, yes, yes, but love is a decision. Love is not automatic, just like spiritual growth, hold on, is not automatic. May I remind you that Jesus said what matters the most is that we love God without restraint, without any limits. How? With all our hearts, huh? all our soul, all of our mind. That pleases God. That's the formula. That's the menu. That honors God. That brings a smile to his face, the way we would put it. And that is our first mission, to live that life right here and right now, regardless of our circumstances, struggles, reversals, failures, disappointments, discouragements and more discouragements, and struggle after struggle after struggle, we're still to love him unreservedly. Rick Warren, Pastor Warren, in a book that some of us uh, might have used in a group study at one time or another, says something about spiritual growth. I think this directly relates to what I'm saying this morning and particularly to this whole love issue. Rick Warren says, and I quote, it takes intentional commitment. You must want to love. You must decide to love. You must make an effort to love. And you must be persistent in loving. This is love that involves the will, the mind, and the heart. And if you'll allow me, because it's such a, it's such a simple statement, 
that is just pregnant with profundity, I want to say it again. It takes intentional commitment. You must want to love, decide to love, make an effort to love, and persist in loving. This is love that involves the will, the mind, and the heart. The best way to do that is to get involved. The best way to do that is to get involved. Some people get saved and they want to be an island unto themselves. Even Shakespeare knew better than that. Huh? What did he say? No man is an island unto himself. The best thing for you and for me, if we're going to be spiritually mature, and I want to talk about that a little bit, and we're going to keep growing and going and glowing for Jesus, is to be involved. Get more involved, if you are involved, in what you're already doing, and for sure, get more involved in people's lives. Hello? So, if we want to grow as loving people, and we want to move into maturity in Christ, then we have to start thinking maturely. We can't still keep thinking as babes. Which again, if I could, Pastor Rick Warren's helping me this morning. He says, and I quote, which means focusing on others and not on ourselves. We think of others more, end of quote. Wow. Wow. How can you start moving in your growth pattern, your spiritual growth, into maturity in Christ by starting to think mature, maturely and, and meaning you start focusing on others first before you even think of focusing on yourself. Wow, we think of others more. The contemporary English version, which we don't use a lot, not for any bad reasons or anything, but it's just not one that's become real popular yet, but the CEV in, in Romans 15 the, uh, of the uh, contemporary English, it says this, we should think of their good and try to help them, that's others, by doing what pleases them. <laughs> Even Christ didn't try to please himself. I'm glad. I'm glad. Oh. I. And if we want to be part of what God is doing in the community, and you know, a lot of churches, and probably we did it at one time, used to pray that God would bless, you know, what, what we're doing. And now I want to do what God's blessing. This church wants to be where God is working. Amen. We want to be identified with that. And I had so many different, I could have gone 20 different ways this morning after all the examples I got yesterday of seeing that really working in the lives of some of our people. Boy, many of our people, I should say. If we want to be part of what God's doing in this community and faith community, we do. We do. Amen. Amen's the word. We do. That's yeah, a good four-letter word. They're not all bad. What God does is love and redeem people in communities. We must never forget that. And we must individually and together as a church family make the decision to love, to be a people uh, characterized and identified by love. That's the vital groundwork of our mission in our community. Because don't forget, we as God's people are on a mission. 
And I want to bring that mission more into focus for you this morning, if I can, even in my stumbling way. Dear people, love enacted in even our little daily decisions. I know you think they're inconsequential, but they're not. In even the little daily decisions pleases God and prepares the way for others to become part of God's people, God's fold, God's forever family. Isn't it great to be part of God's forever family? Sweet. So that's the first part of this vision slash mission. The second part, if the first part is the commandment, is the commission. It's well known as the Great Commission. At Faith Community, we call it the Everyday Commission. That's what makes it great. Jesus said, go make disciples of all nations. This is Matthew 28, 18, 19, and 20. Some of us have, have memorized it years ago, and that's fine. Just uh, make sure that we're doing more than memorize it. Make sure that we're practicing it. Go and make disciples. That's what it's about, making disciples. Didn't say go make converts. Didn't say go make Christians. Didn't say go make church members. Didn't say go make holier-than-thou beings. It said go make disciples, and a disciple is a learner-follower of Christ. Go make disciples. This fell off the lips of our Savior himself. He said, go make disciples of all nations. There is the global or the universal picture. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And then, lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Now, Jesus wants us. That, who's us, by the way? Who's us? Jesus wants us, you and me, you and me, to play an active part in the enfolding of humanity into the love of God in Christ. That means you and you and you and you and you. Oh no, you too. Can't get away. And you. Some people get nervous when I do that. Hmm. That means all of the you people in this room and me, we're all involved. Say, well, I haven't chosen to be. There's no choice. Go and make disciples. Those are the first two letters in gospel. Go. Go. Spread the gospel. Huh? And so we're involved, but does that not mean that you and I are kind of like out on our own and we're our own little entity and we're floating down the, the Christian river, just didn't matter who else comes with us and who else is afloat or sinking or doing some great thing. No, we're on our own little raft and away we go on our own. No, it doesn't mean that. It means all of us working together. Some of you need to get on the big raft and take on more and get more involved. And if you're involved, get involved even more. And if you're not involved with people, but just things, then you need to get involved with people. How do we know that this whole thing I'm talking about, the mission of the church, is not a solitary thing? Well, I'll give you a couple hints from Scripture. In Matthew 18, verse 20, here's the Lord says, Whenever two or three of you are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 and 10, 
We read, you are a chosen people, you are a kingdom of priests, God's holy nation, his very own possession. Don't you love those words? This is so you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of the darkness and into the wonderful light. Huh? Once you were not a people, now you are the people of God. Wow, we are meant to be together, folks, and we are meant to do life together, and we are meant to work together, and we are meant to cooperate together for God's common purpose of touching lives, redeeming people, and for the salvation of those in our communities. Here, and there, and everywhere, the Great Commission reaches. And if we go into the book of Acts, you'll see where it reaches. In Jerusalem, in Judea, just do the concentric circles, in Samaria, and to the outermost parts of the world. Now, yeah. oh. How do we play that part? It all, it begs the question, and you might be asking it right now, how do I play a part in the enfolding of my community into the love of God. And that's where it gets really exciting. Don't, don't, don't shy away from this. This is where it really gets interesting. This is where we can learn to soar in life. We talk about soaring with the eagles. We can do this by offering ourselves to Christ. How do we do that? By offering ourselves to his body. The church. We offer our creativity. We bring all of our gifts of the Spirit and for the common good, not for our own good. When we function at our best, we all bring gifts. We all bring uh, perspectives. We all bring histories. You know we all have a history? And every one of those histories has good and bad in it. You say, well, I wouldn't bring my history because it's got some bad in it. Well, you just proved how human you are. And we welcome you to our little band of brothers and sisters. <laughs> because everybody in this room has a history. Much as you might want to think, oh, I don't, oh. Oh. So see, we have liars among us too. We need to work on them. And so we bring our gifts. We bring our talents. We bring everything that we can, our creativity. We bring everything that's best in us. We bring our history, our past, our present, our good, our bad. And most importantly, we bring, and everyone in this room has the capacity for this as well, we bring our love to the table. It's not enough for you to just bring your gifts and your abilities. Some of you have unbelievable, uh, un just unbelievable, I'm going to call them manual skills and things that you can do by using your brain. Like I don't, I don't even identify with that stuff. I don't, I don't know how people do that, how they can do crafty things <laughs> and, and how they can, and I don't know how people can use their mind to do certain things. And I, I, I applaud you for that. But if that's all you bring to the table, let me just uh, give you a word of warning. That's not enough. Bring your heart, bring your mind, bring your soul and bring that full of love. And watch him multiply. And watch him bless. Hmm? Do you want to know my dream for our wonderful faith community? Just working. Do you want to know my dream for this? 
It's a tough weekend, isn't it? I, I know. I know. I saw some of you sleeping yesterday. Um, here it is. It's the best I can do. That we would come together. Not that we come together. It's going to be chopped up a little bit. So stay with me. Uh, in, in, the, in, the, in the present day vernacular, to hang out together <laughs> or to do projects together or to pray together or to dig into our Bibles together, whatever form it's going to take, like during the week. And I'm going to say during the week is Monday to Saturday. Is that okay? And that we would actually, on purpose, choose each other as friends because we sense God's call to belong to the family of believers. You mean I can't have friends outside the church? You need to have a million friends outside the church and acquaintances. But you need to have close friends within the confines of the family of God. Amen. And if you don't think you need them, you just wait. <laughs> because I'm telling you, if you haven't met it yet, it's around the corner. I'm not done. And that we would love one another right here and right now. We have to keep that and persist in that. And that we would struggle together when we struggle. And no matter how good things seem in the body of Christ, there's always somebody struggling. And I don't know who you are this morning, and I don't know your struggle, and I don't understand why or how you got there, and I don't have to. Neither does the person sitting near you, but I can tell you that you're in good company this morning and we're here to love you and love you more and do a better job at that. Right. When you're struggling, we don't need to know every detail. We don't need to just get inside of your psyche, but we, we just need to perfectly love God in this community and show everybody, whether you're struggling or not, that we have love for you and we want to love you back to Christ. I see children. Uh, I see them as I, as I walk into the children's wings on Sunday morning early and I see them playing and I see them laughing and I see them waiting for the lighthouse to come on and I, and, and I see them interacting with one another and I see them smiling and, and it's beautiful. It's, it's just like a beautiful garden that's been planted. And, and let me just say this, that our children are a very, 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 can I stress this enough? Very large part of this ministry and of this family of God. And for another, we are aware, you know, whether you're aware of it or not, and you should be, they are very, very, very large part. And actually, for those of you who are here week in, week out, week in, week out, we do experience some of this togetherness every time we are together and some people are uh, not aware of it and a lot of you are aware of it and for that I give you praise and I thank God for our opportunities and, and, and let me just say another word about our wonderful children I can't say enough about them because next door in these kids wings we have big rooms someone comes in and says oh I love your building it's so beautiful and you haven't seen anything if you're just in here You've got, to, you've got to get around. You've got to go beyond that wall, and you've got to go beyond that wall. You want to see where the action is. You want to see where the happy people are. Amen. Huh? Oh, man, smiles, happy sounds. 
kids playing and frolicking and falling down and doing other things that you can't mention from the pulpit. Um, Big rooms, lots of kids. And when the kids are there, can I tell you something else that's there? Let me tell you something else that's there. Life. Help the poor guy. And love. They love unconditionally. They don't have the hang-ups we have because they don't have the histories we have. They're a clean slate. Don't muddy that up. Don't mess that up. Even Paul said, fathers, don't provoke. Elders, don't provoke your children to wrath. Bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. The Lord. Big rooms. When the kids are there, there's life. And there's love. Oh, man, I tell you, I love that. I just love that. The adults who take care of the children are some of the best people in the world. They don't just go in there and put their time in. They don't just go in there and call that a ministry. They go in there and pour their lives into our children and into our youth. And I thank God for every one of them. Because there's love in their hearts and that's what motivates them. And you can see it and you can see the light in the children's eyes. You can see them light up. You can see them respond. You can see them full of life. Now that's one example and I could go on and on. But that's one example of ways to do life together. And of finding meaningful ways to be together and to make vital connections. You make connections with the kids. You make connections with the parents. You make connections with the families that last for years and years, maybe forever, amen, and with neighbors and friends and people that are out in the community. What a great way. What a great way to connect. And there are others among us who choose to be with each other during the weeks in Bible study and in learning and working on growing together in Christ. That just gladdens my heart when I hear the reports of some of these things. Like starting point. Wow, some of you have just stayed with that and you're, and you're working on that. And we thank God for Craig and whoever else comes along to help to bring that, that teaching ministry to fruition. Thank you, brother. God bless you for having the vision for that. And then we have FCF parents. They get together. Well, how often do you get together to eat? Oh, every week yeah, or every other day? That's all they do is eat, but when you see a group of people in this church and they're just standing in a corner eating, that's FCF parents. But don't they have fun doing that? Bless them. And there's Zumba with, with Lisa. I get quite a kick out of the Zumba class yesterday over at Relay. That was quite the cl- class that was. And uh, <laughs> oh, that was good. Do we have some pictures of that? We have some video of that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Relay. And by, can I just say another word about Relay for Life? I love our banner. I didn't know it was going to be back in the green room today or I'd have brought it out on the stage with me. Loving God, loving people. How many hundred people saw that? How many hundred times? 
yesterday. Faith Community Fellowship. Loving God. Loving people. Ladies and gentlemen, it can't just be a banner. It has to be a living truth. And I believe that that's what it is for faith community. And I'm so proud to be part of it. You see, whenever we get together, whatever we do, we get together as community. And I haven't even mentioned Sundays, which is the day we all get really, really, really excited. If it's football season, we do. <laughs> My dream, I have a dream for our times of worship together, as it will just not have services and follow some routine. I did that for too many years of my life. I've been in those churches where the only thing growing is the ivy up the side of the wall. I want to be, I want to be where there's life, where there's vibrancy, where there's reality, where there's connection, and where there's community because of love. Oh my, what we do for our Sundays. My dream is that we would not have services in whatever the normal sense is, and whoever invented that word should be shot. Instead, we would pool, there goes my love again, we would pool, well, I'm, I'm looking out for the greater good. Whoever believes in normal should be shot. I'll repeat that in case you didn't get it. Yeah. We would find creative ways to make space for the Holy Spirit to move among us so that when we prepare to leave here, it's going to be with a profound sense every week that you and I have not just been to church, we've not just been the church, but we've actually had a living encounter with the eternal God himself. Amen. What would that do for you if that really was your weekly experience every Sunday? And Wow, wow. Would you be encouraged to be part of this enfolding and embracing our community and bringing other people into the love of God through Christ? You know, someone has said this, and I re I'm repeating it, this is not new, that we would probably do better not to think in terms of introducing people to Jesus. Does that sound heretical? Uh, no, just at the, at the first hearing, does that sound heretical to you? It did to me, and then I read it about five times, and I thought, well, what else is coming? Well, it's all about Jesus Christ. And of course we should share, and we should do it naturally, according to the gifts we have. But it's not just about introducing people to Jesus, but we should love people to Jesus. I gotta tell you, I like that. Precisely what our mission is as a church. It is, it has been, it should be, it always will be. Amen and amen. And if it isn't, we cease to be his church. We can grow to be so comfortable and so practiced and so professional at loving God and each other that we simply 
We just care for new folks that we meet. And we open our arms to the community and say, well, yeah, we all come, we're here. And of course, loving God and loving people for Christians means to not be shy about the one who has called us. The one who wasn't shy about identifying with us and our sin. The one who loves us with an everlasting love. And the one who has come literally in the name of Jesus, in the person of Jesus, to show us the way to God. It'd be silly to not tell people why we're here. It'd be silly not to tell people why we are a people and we are a people of God and the stuff we do together. Why? Because it's all about him. It's not about us. It's not that we get the praise. It's that he gets all the glory. And that's who we are and that's who we ought to be. I, I want to start summing up real quickly, but the first thing I want to say before I finish is this. This universe, remember we started out talking about the 10,000 new uh, galaxies? This universe that God created is a very, can I get away with this statement? Big place. Okay. Matter of fact, it's too big for your mind and my mind to even imagine. But it's also too small to contain the love, huh? Of our God. Wow. Wow. The love that he has for me, the love that he has for you, eh? the love that he has for the communities of the world, and the love that he has for our local community right here where we are planted. God has given us a commandment to live lives of loving God and loving people. God has given us a commission to enfold people into his body that all might experience the transforming, redeeming work of Jesus Christ and all for his glory. My question for you as I close is, will you join me? Will you join us? Will you be part of this, seeking to live obediently to that commandment? Will you join me in the mission, the great commission, the everyday commission, to be part of the enfolding of as many people as possible into the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord, not by leading them or introducing them, but by loving them to Jesus? Will you join me? Will you step up? Will you step out? Can you do me one favor, whoever you are? Can I just make a blanket statement? I don't want to hear any excuses at the door. And, and I mean that lovingly. We're not a church of excuses. We're a church of action, and we get the job done. Because it's all to his glory. Will you step up? Will you step out? Will you get involved with this body of believers? A body that's on a mission. Will you pray with me? Will you pray with me? God, you've made us a people and you've given us a vision and you've lived the life of love, that perfect example of what you mean when you say to love God and to love people. So right now, Lord, if you would, just teach us to follow you. Teach us to follow the example of our Lord Jesus. Teach us to think much and to think bigger than just about ourselves. 
Teach us to pour our lives into you and to pour our lives as you did, dear Jesus, into our community and make us effective for the kingdom of God, for your glory, O God. We pray in the perfect and holy name of Jesus. And the church said,